Hello. Hello. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for joining us here in Confidence Through Cabaret, the podcast. Um, we are so excited. I'm Heather Jean. If you haven't been here before, I'm one of the co-pioneers of Confidence Through Cabaret. Um, and I'm really excited because I'm joined by, by the amazing Adrian Spencer tonight, who is also a co-pioneer and is not normally in front of the camera. I'm normally in my little edit suite upstairs, so you've never seen me before. So hi. <laughs> for the first time yeah so this is really fun because um so adrian would normally do all of the the, the edits and add the beautiful music and branding and uh you know make everything look wonderful and so uh so now in front of the camera mm. and we have a special guest this evening i just want to clarify something here uh i have a, a ridiculous amount of stage kind of makeup on because we have been recording a uh oh it's over two hours this um amazing masterclass in makeup mastery for stage live recorded with the fabulous ryan francis who if you're regular here you will know ryan very well uh and in the stage name of dis so uh so yeah so watch out for that on confidencethroughcabaret.com so let me just add that banner onto here. If you haven't come across our member site, then the confidencethroughcabaret.com has amazing masterclasses and workshops uh, for your personal life, work life, or stage life. And you'll find us on Confidence Through Cabaret everywhere. Just Google it if you want to, you know, wherever you get your podcasts, it's Confidence Through Cabaret. Um, it, your Facebook, Instagram, you name it, everywhere is Confidence Through Cabaret. We also have a YouTube channel that you might be finding this on. So please do like and subscribe it or go check out one of the other channels as well. All of our links are, are cross-referenced in the bio. So let's get to the podcast tonight. I can't wait. So, so tonight we are joined by the fabulous Gabrielle Critchlow. And Gabrielle has had her own business as an entrepreneur for almost eight years. It, it's a tutoring business. And I'm so excited for you to hear all about this, the, the business that she's that she's began and, and, and has been running successfully. Um, Gabrielle has a master's in mental health counseling. And, you know, it's just such a fabulous example of being able to um, you know, take something that you're educated and interested in and really be able to, to use it for, for good. So I'm really excited to be able to share Gabrielle's story and, and all of her insight. And so let's, let's uh, without further ado, bring her on. This is the uh, fabulous Gabrielle. Hi, hi, how are you doing? Hey, we're great. Thank you. Well, I'm great. I don't know. How are I'm you? I'm fantastic. Oh, yeah, that's good. That's good. So, Gabrielle, you're coming to us from the United States? Yes. And and we are in the UK. We have like a whole mix here. I'm from Canada and I'm living in the UK. Adrian's from Oxford. There you go. So, yeah, you'll all have heard of Oxford, I'm sure. Um, and, uh, and, and, so, and so welcome, Gabrielle, to Confidence Through Cabaret. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. So tell us about your tutoring business. Okay. So we, like you said, uh, we launched almost eight years ago. We provide a variety of services under one umbrella. So we have the one-on-one -on -one tutoring, test prep, resume review, college counseling, editing and proofreading. We do all that. We do that in person but the in-person is for our local towns. 
So which would be New York City and Long Island. But particularly, we also have virtual services uh, that we extend throughout the United States. And we also have virtual workshops as well. So we have like art sessions. We also have like various training workshops that is also virtual through the United States and even in some other countries as well, which we're working at, but um, mainly it's in the United States. Can I ask you, Gabrielle, how did you start? What's your, what's your background? So I, I started as a, like an unofficial tutor, I would say in 2005, um, I was a tutor in, a, in an after-school program in my college at um, Temple University. And um, it was, um, it's called a, a, like a work study. So like you get a grant from your college to go work. And I decided to, to tutor. So, I, you know, I was always a bright kid. And I figured like, hey, I, I could do that. It's an easy job. And so I, I got into it and these were foster care, foster kids. So, you know, working with that particular population and, and dealing with their struggles and getting to know them on a, a personal basis, you know, that's something that I really enjoyed. And it was more than just the academic support that I was providing to them, but also, it was the emotional support, it was the relationship building and all these aspects kind of got into it. And I, uh, you know, made me love what I did and I decided to continue with that. So I did a couple other foster care companies and then I worked for a couple other tutoring companies after that, And but those companies closed down. So, but you know, but I maintained the relationships with those students from before. So I just kind of did a, a side hustle and did it privately. And I did that for a few years. And then I just decided to uh, take that leap of faith and you know what, I would uh, to make it official and you know, get the, the certificates and the, the articles of incorporation. And I thought to myself, how cool would it be to have a team of people and to hire people and to provide jobs to people and to have that kind of power and to provide that, well, I don't want to say financial stability, but to to provide the opportunity to, to, to pay someone and to provide that financial freedom, I'll say that, um, to people. And so I, I took that leap of faith, I did it, and here I am. Fantastic. Right. That's great. So I, I just can only imagine how rewarding it must be to being able to offer tutoring to young people who wouldn't necessarily be able to access those services. And when I read your bio, I was like, I need to meet you because that it, it's just such an inspiring part to work with young people that shape our future. So ha have you always been interested in working with young people or like, was there, was there something in, in when you were going through your, your counseling training or did, did you know it was about young people? I think I kind of just 
fell into it because I, I'm also a Sunday school teacher and um, I, those it's between like three years old to 17. So I, I did, well, I'm doing that now, but I've always been a Sunday school teacher. I do it along with um, my sister. She kind of just roped me into that role. Uh, so I, I was always working with youth in that capacity. And, and because I had that experience and because I worked with the, the kids in the foster care agency, and I mean, that was like 13 to 17 years old. But because I, I had this, this background and then I applied it to this other background, I think I just kind of fell into it. So it's, I think it, it chose me if we want to be romantic about it. Uh, I, I, I think it, it chose me, I think. Yeah. So um, I think it just kind of worked out that way. Yeah. And I, I, I think, I think there are, there are certain parts of us that are attracted to things. I, you know, I, I was a corporate trainer for, I've had my own training, training business for over 25 years and I've never met somebody who purposely went into training, but they always loved learning and growing and then sharing that or passing that on. You know, there's, there's, there's usually a part of us that's just kind of been in our nature and, and, you know, and then, and then it just kind of opportunities start to appear because that's what we're looking at. Right. Mm -hmm. So Absolutely. What, so what what happens for you in terms of, cause we, we talk a lot about uplifting confidence. So, I can imagine that you working with, you know, your, your effectively your clients that, that must just uplift their confidence to be able to master something that they might've been struggling with. What, what, what do you, what do you notice about their confidence? I definitely notice that it goes up because as I was saying before, there's, it's not just academic help it's also mental help it's also emotional help so there's all these factors that kind of go into it so i th there's so many factors that go into tutoring and i think people don't really think about it there's um you know i'll i'll just kind of throw something out there like there's it, um i see it more so with the teenagers i will say but there's the, the 14 year old that um, is barely turning in their homework and you know they're always getting low grades and uh, the, the teacher always writes like the negative comments about them and they're always and they're talking to the parents a lot and then the parents are yelling at the child like why aren't you doing your work and and like the parent is frustrated and then the, the 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 kid sees that you know so it's they they see their their parents frustrated and they're taking all that in so you know they see that and then they see the teachers complaining about them and then they're not turning in so there's all these different things and then the the parent gets frustrated and say you know what i'm 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 just going to get you a tutor because you need it. And the tutor comes in and works with them on a personal level. So they, uh, 
you know, they, they break down the, the content into simple tasks. They actually work with them in doing the homework. They actually, they put things in a way that they'll understand it. And, and there's, when that, when it's, it's like a puzzle. So it's sort of like when you, when you finally solve the puzzle, it's, you see that change in the child. So it's like the child is broken. I mean, to be metaphorical, but the child is like a broken puzzle. And when you put that puzzle together, you see the whole picture. And when you see the whole picture, then you know, the parent sees the whole picture and then you have the teacher who sees the whole picture and then you have the child seeing the whole picture and when it all comes together, it, it improves their mood, it improves their self-esteem. Mom, mom or dad is not yelling at them as much and the teacher is not yelling at them as much and the teacher is not calling home as much and you, you see, they see things start to shift. And I think when those things start to shift, then it's encouraging to them and it's encouraging to the child and it's encouraging to the parent. And so when that happens, it it's like a sh it, that life trajectory just changes for them and they go in a completely different direction than what they would have went before. So I think it's, it's when we talk about confidence, I think, when you kind of get down into the root of the issue and you actually fix the issue or you work at the issue, a lot of things change around it. And it's it's not just the academic issue. You also have to look at, you know, what's going on with them personally, what's going on with them at home. You know, maybe it's hard to concentrate when you have five brothers and sisters and and, you know, and they're running around the house. And you know you live in in a uh, in a studio apartment, you know, and so it's it's kind of it's, it's kind of difficult for that. And not to put anybody down, but I'm just in case. But I'm just we have to be realistic about that. And once you kind of figure those things out, and even get the parents involved in it, I think it's it's definitely a confidence builder. So I think when you target those issues. And, and they're, of course, getting the positive attention because they're so used to getting the, to lack of a better term, the, the negative attention from the parents and the negative attention from the teachers. And when someone comes in and they give them the opposite of that, that positive one-on-one -on -one individualized attention that they want, that causes, even that in itself causes a shift. And yeah. Yeah, and then when when that shift happens, it's like you, when you shift yourself, then the world around you shifts. Absolutely. And I think that's you know that's that's how confidence happens. Is yeah. when when you're able to change yourself, then you can change the world around you. Absolutely right. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested. Do you who 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 works with you first? Do you do you work with the teachers, or is it the parents that pull you in? How does that work exactly? So are you working after school? Um, you no. So we're 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 an online company. The mm -hmm. the way that we're we're structured. So 
I operate as the facilitator. So I'm the one that schedules the appointments. So the parents reach out to me and they say, you know, I need, um, this is the, there's a whole form that they fill out, but basically they say what, um, how old the child is, what, what grade the child is in, what subjects they need, um, how, how often they want the sessions. And once they lay, they lay all that down, then I say, all right. So I go to my team of tutors and I see who can match their availability and as well as um, the subjects that they're looking for. And then I have the tutor connect with the parent and they have a preliminary meeting first. And when all is well, then they go ahead with the official sessions. So I reach out to me first. So I'm like the middleman. So they reach out to me or middlewoman. Uh, they reach out to me first and then I reach out to the tutor and then the tutor reaches out to them and I kind of step in when needed once once the ball is rolling. Okay. And it sounds like you're doing a lot of counseling as well. How, do, how does that work? I, th I think it's incorporated into it, mm -hmm. I would say. So not like private sessions, <laughs> but more of because again, it's the frustration and it's, they call, they call me and they tell me, I say, you know, tell me what's going on. And you'll have some parents that are not as talkative. So it's like pulling teeth, but then you have the ones that just unload on you. And it's like, and it's an opportunity for me to um, incorporate those counseling skills that that I learned. <laughs> so, uh, so like the ones that are not as talkative, you know, one of the skills is probing. So it's pretty much like you're asking questions to get more information. So like, Oh, tell me about that. Um, tell me the, the special phrase in the mental health counseling world is tell me more about that. So it's, uh, Oh, to, Oh, he's struggling. Tell me more about that. Oh, he's not, doing his homework, tell me more about that. Um, what are his teachers saying? How long has this been going on? So open and closed questions. Um, then the ones that are talkative, excuse me, <clears throat> the ones that are talkative, it's to pretty much let them talk. And then once they run out of breath, then it's like, oh, you, I, I noticed a couple things that you said and, you know, tell me, tell me about this, tell me about that. And it's also a lot of, um, a lot of what's called reflection, uh, reflection and paraphrasing. So reflection is like, oh, you sound really frustrated about that. Oh, you sound really angry. Um, oh, I can, um, I can imagine how scary that is for you. I can imagine how annoying that is for you. Um, so it's like, you are, you are mirroring their emotions. And then there's the paraphrasing, which is pretty much summing up what they're saying. So they're saying a lot of different, a lot of different ideas all at once. And it's pretty much like, oh, so, oh, so what you're saying is you know, they're, they're late all the time and they're not getting there on time. And so you're taking their, the word salad pretty much. And you're kind of, oh, so, what, what you're saying is, this is what you're saying. 
because to them it's like, oh, you get it. <laughs> so, and it looks like to to the to the parent, it looks like, oh, you're actually attempting to listening to me and you're attempting to 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 understand me. So I think I, and then of course there comes a time where I have to stop the conversation. Um, so it has to be redirected at some point, but I think it's it's not the in the in, intentionally um, counseling, but I think there's parts of it that I incorporate into the conversation. Yeah, yeah, certainly, certainly similar with the same skills. I would. Do you work with adults ever? Sort of, if the parents are sort of saying, "I didn't learn this," or do you, do you ever work with them either so that they can support their children or for their own upskilling? Well, in terms of it's well, we all we have adult clients, so like we don't stop at seventeen. We also do college students. We also do adult students as well, but most of our work is like college and and younger. So in terms of parents saying like, help me understand this so I can help my child, that really doesn't happen. I think it's more of just help my child <laughs> or um, or if the adult wants the tutoring themselves. So usually it's, it's like they're trying to go back to work or, um, you know, uh, there's a career change. So usually if it's the adult's, maybe like 30 and up, it's it's usually some sort of, there's a career change happening. Um, or they're trying to go back to work or they're trying to go back to school or, or things like that. That's usually when um, that age bracket comes through. But most of our, most of the work that we've done is like 25 and younger. So in, in terms of helping the parents, helping the adults, I would like I said, like 30 and up, it's more like them doing it themselves as how I phrase it, working with them on their own issues, as opposed to help me help my child. That's something we don't really see. Yeah, it's just interesting because that that was how I parented was, was, you know, I wanted to understand what and how my children were learning things. Um, so that I could continue to help them um, until until it got to the point where I was like, okay, this is way past my expertise. And I, but <laughs> I, it, it, you know, I, I I always found it interesting with educators that would say, well, no, let me help your child directly. And I would say, okay, that's great. But uh, you know, say for example, with mathematics, I learned math differently or in a different approach to how my children learn because it was shortcuts and all kinds of things that came up. And then the educators would say, oh, just let me teach your child. And I would say, okay, but then I, I'm not able to help them with their homework or whatever. That's why I was asking that question because I think I think some for some people, for some parents, uh, it can be daunting that your children are learning things that you don't really understand. Yeah, and it's I, I definitely see that a lot in particularly here in the United States. Um is what's called the, the Common Core curriculum. And I, I hear it a lot when when parents talk to me, they say, oh, what they're learning in school, I didn't learn this in school. And it's usually like they're the ones that work with the child first. And when 
if it doesn't work out, they're not getting it. Okay, I'm gonna hire outside help. So the outside help is usually the the last resort, <clears throat> which is interesting. But I, I have uh, heard it a lot that it, it's like there's always that I didn't learn this when I was in school uh, type of conversation, and then even. I think even more so with immigrant families, um, especially if the parents came from another country, it's 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 like that way as well. Like I like I didn't learn this when I was in school. Like what is all this? And yeah, and then it's kind of unfortunate in in the way education is done. Um, particularly, I can't speak for other countries, but uh, particularly for this country, it it changes like every five years. So it's 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 unstable, and it's you got to keep up with it. So it's unfortunate. How, how, how difficult is it for you to keep up with that? Um, sort of difficult. I find <laughs> that. So that's why we we inquire a lot. Like there's all these different types of math, and and it also depends on the type of school that the child is going to. So it is. It is a bit much to say to kind of keep up with it because we have to say, oh, what are they learning, you know? But I think I personally find that more so in the elementary age that it's the different types of math and reading and like middle school. I'm sorry, I keep forgetting you guys are in the UK. Well, um, I was educated in Canada. I was <laughs> yeah, okay, sorry. Like. Um, I'll try to how do I convert it? So I was by age. So ten years old and younger. Um what they're learning to it's it could be like ten different types of math or ten different types of reading. And it depends on the school that they go to. But I would say eleven and older, it tends to be the standard way or the way that you learned it in the beginning, which is, which is, which is kind of weird. Yeah. But um, so it's, I def, I see all the confusion with the younger, 10 and younger, as opposed to 11 and older, but um, it is annoying, unfortunately, yeah. but it's, it's, but that's where we, we have to learn on our toes and we have to Do be on our, be on our toes, yeah. Do you do you do you ever have because um, I know this happens here, um, parents saying, "Well, I, I think I need classes now because I need to." Yeah. <laughs> maybe yeah. there's a yeah, maybe yeah. there's a business for you there actually tutoring parents too. Yeah, that we don't do that at the moment, <laughs> but um, we could work with them individually. But in terms of like a workshop, yes. we don't offer that right now, but. Um, you know, that's definitely something to keep in mind if, if the demand is there. Yeah. 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 And and do you get involved in kind of like what happens after school? Like I know you're talking to college students who need to get a job and so on. Do you get involved with those kind of like employability training? You mean in terms of the... In terms of, in terms of things like uh, what they need to do to find a job and, you know, how to write their resume and those kind of things. Do you get involved in any of those or not? Well, we we do resume review. 
and um, like cover letters, but in terms of like, like interviewing skills, mock interviews, we don't do that at the moment. Um, so we're more um, like, we're more the individual help, the one-on-one -on -one help as opposed to um, like if uh, like an institution needed a training, for example. Um, so things like that, we don't do at the moment. We're more one-on-one, -on -one, but you know, like I said, we're, we're always open. <laughs> so we're definitely yeah. open to I, I was asking that because uh, in the UK, um, they've started some initiatives around um, where young people haven't either haven't been to school very much in the last year and a half, um, you know, or have had like kind of minimum online contact. And they're finding that they want to kind of bring them back into the, the, the right kind of mental health and employability. And so they're having to launch these programs now to sort of say, you know, here's how you would do an interview. Here's how it would work on Zoom. Here's how it would work face to face, those kind of things. And it's really interesting that they're starting to do that with school age children, sort of age 16 to 18, to just kind of get them back up to where they would have been if they'd have been having that regular face to face contact. And that's why that's why I was asking that question, because um, I think, you know, for a lot of Place, a lot of parts of the world, the mental health is going to be uh, a lot of question mark, as well as the fact that we haven't really been. I mean, we've been in the UK, we've been locked down. Locked down for quite a long time. Yeah, yeah, we only caught out about two weeks ago, and we, we've been locked down since March 2020, so it's a whole thing. Um, <laughs> so, you know, if you're, so if you're either at either end of your education, if you're at, you know, sort of four to six years old, because in the UK they go to school at four years old, don't start me on that, um, then you then they have they haven't had uh the discipline that they would have had if they'd have been in school and then same at the opposite end then they haven't had the, the same kind of discussions and, and encounters um, which is why i was asking that question because i think i think there's a lot about mental health anyway with young people and then having had this kind of break for effectively a year and a half in some parts of the world it's uh, it's going to be a very interesting time to go back into schools yeah, and particularly in, well, I could speak for New York City, um, like kids were, they were remote for maybe like several months. And then they did this, the blended learning where they were in person for two days, remote for the other three, and then they had the staggering um, schedules. But it was always fickle because as soon as one or two kids tested positive for COVID, okay, that's it, everything just shut down again, and then start back up again. So it was that instability. Um, and um, maybe in the past four months, they started doing um, the five-day schedule. But um, I, I think mental health will definitely be a factor and even speaking to a few teachers, they're afraid that come September is gonna be chaos. <laughs> so especially with all these kids, cause now they're trying to do the full day and they're all gonna be packed together. And I'm sure the parents are gonna, it's like the cartoons with the explosion, like boom, like out, off their, out of their head. Like it's, it's, it's gonna be like pandemonium. <laughs> so, 
because you know with the lockdown and the staggering schedules and the instability and then what's to say that won't happen again you know so it's yeah so definitely mental health is a factor i see it more so with the with the younger kids and particularly the older kids it's still a factor but maybe not as much because they are older and maybe they're more tech savvy um but that's it's and especially now with zoom being so part of our society now and all these zoom interviews and zoom testing and online this and online that and all that is incorporated into society now i i think that may actually benefit um like the 16 17 18 year olds because they're a little bit more of the the tech savviness so so the skills i think will be there it's just it's, the interviewing is is the work in progress but but um i mean zoom interviewing is a is kind of a a new thing over the past year and a half so so now there's these norms that we have to develop. Like you have to be aware of your background and make sure you're in a quiet space and a well-lit space and, you know, like treat it like a regular interview. Like it's in your house. Don't wear your pajamas. Like, <laughs> so it's, um, you know, there's all these norms that we have to develop now because of this shift in mm-hmm. society. And it's, yeah. So I think skill-wise, um, I think like the 16, 17, 18 year olds, it's there. It's just a matter of the presentation. So I think it's, um, and I think there's a lot more work at home jobs now, and there's a lot more virtual jobs now. Um, so if, um, and if whatever can just be done at home on a computer, you know, why not? So I, I think, I think the advantage is there, particularly for the older teenagers. It's just a matter of their presentation, which is a work in progress. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it's going to be an interesting time. <laughs> I would, the next year or two, I would say. It's I mean, it's going to be for you. <laughs> <laughs> Does it make you want to go back to teaching? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. it- Adrian used to teach media studies. Used to teach media, so yeah. Um, I wanted to ask. I'm just going to brush brush past that. So I wanted to. <laughs> I wanted to ask how much, how much time on average do you spend with your with your students? Do you have a sort of a minimum set time or for for each for each session? You mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the minimum the minimum required is one hour. Um, however, we go after an hour. If it needs to be longer, we go in increments. So. It could be, well, 15 minute increments. So it could be an hour and 15 minutes, an hour and 30, an hour and 45. So however long it needs to be, but in terms of the smallest amount of time, we require an hour. I always encourage, especially if the kids are older, I encourage an hour and a half, hour and a half to two hours per session. Because I find that while you can get things done in an hour, it's, you got to be creative with it. So, and the kid has to be focused. So, but other than that, 
I usually recommend an hour and a half to two hours, but um, the required time is um, one hour. And then how long do students stay with you? I suppose it varies, but in terms of- It does vary, yeah. So I would say on average, average, it depends on the age too. Um, so like the younger kids, like 11 and under, tend to be an hour, mm -hmm. uh, maybe even a little lower, 45 minutes. Yeah. But um, the older kids, like over 11, I would say an hour and a half on average. Okay, so I wanted to ask you about you a little bit. So how has inspiring all of these people and their confidence and making, I mean, because this makes a difference to people's life, right? Like like you said, their self-esteem goes up, their the trajectory of their future changes compared to struggling and feeling like they're not good enough or whatever it is that they're that they're feeling if, if they're struggling with something, just a frustration, you know, and, they, and these, these, these programs go in, it's like, I'm not good at math or whatever it is, you know? And I think, I think, you know, you're, you're literally causing them to change their beliefs and their, their, their language patterns for the rest of their life. How does that impact you and your confidence? Um, I think because, um, I, I, I see it as I have to, especially with working with younger people, I have to model the behavior for them. So of course in counseling, we call this modeling um, because we as people, I think we, we feed off of each other. So it's, it's, like behavior is contagious. So I think if if the if the child is has the what we like to call negative self talk, um, so it's things like you know I suck, I'm horrible, you know I'm not gonna do this, I'm not gonna make it, like all those is, is negative self talk. And in a way, as a tutor, I guess again I can only speak for myself, but as a tutor, I find myself picking picking that up, like. Oh, I don't know how I'm gonna get to him, and and how am I gonna get through to him or her, or you know, how am I gonna get this person to focus? And and so I also start doubting myself and questioning myself. So the fact that I know that I'm thinking that, the first step is to be aware that I'm thinking that. Um, so the first step is self-awareness. Like, whoa, I'm having negative thoughts right now. And then the second step is I need to change it. So, so when I find myself thinking that is because the person I'm around me is thinking that. And so I know I don't wanna think that. <laughs> so I'm gonna change those thoughts. And so I'm gonna say, hey, listen, you know, we're gonna get through this. We're gonna figure this out. Take it step by step, break it down, you know, small steps. You know, I'm giving myself the positive self-talk and then I'm giving it to them. And then my when I model that behavior, and of course repetition is key, the more that I model it, the more that I repeat it, it's hopefully <laughs> that's something that they pick up. So when they 
when they start thinking those thoughts, just say, hey, you know, I'll figure this out. I'll figure this out. And when they pick up that behavior, you know, then they start controlling those thoughts more. So I think in terms of my confidence, I think that I have, to, I mean, I'm not perfect. I know, like, I, like, I have anxiety, <laughs> so uh, I have my own issues, um, but I think it's, you know, I, I definitely have my moments. I have my imposter syndrome moments, um, but I think it's, I, you know, but I, I find myself doubting myself and especially when I'm around other people, it's like, I have to try, you know, <laughs> it's like, I have to try, I have to try, like, I have to help this kid, I have to work it out. And so I want to model that behavior. So when I show, when I show that I'm confident, and well, I show that I'm struggling to be confident. And then when I show that confidence, and they see that, and then Again, and with giving it time, then you see, oh, you know what? I'm going to work at it. I'm going to do what you're doing. And then they follow you. So so you are the role model. So I think I have to work on my own confidence in order for the person with me to work on their own confidence. And I have to set that example for them. And I have to model that for them. So because I, as the... Because there's the, um, I'm trying to think of the word, there's the power dynamic. You know, there's the person in charge, and then you have the subordinate, right? Yeah. So the, you know, the child is the, is the subordinate, and they're looking to you. You know, so it's like I have to set the example, and so what example do I want to set, and what is the example that I want them to pick up for me? So I have to. Even the adults, listen, when I, I'm 34, but if I have a client who's 42 and who's trying to go back into nursing, that adult is older than me, but the adult that, but that person is the subordinate because I am the tutor, right? So I'm the one that they're looking to for help. I'm the one that they called. So it has nothing to do with age. It's all about power. So because I'm in a position of power, they're still looking to me, even if they are older than me. So I still have to set the example and say, listen, we're going to get through this. We're going to power through this. Like we, we got this. We got to break it down step by step. You know, it's the <clears throat> encouraging, encouraging self-talk, positive self-talk. And when I, when I do that to myself, then, and they see that, then it's like, okay, I'm going to do that as well. And they pick it up. So back to your question. Uh, I think it's, I have to be confident in myself or even working on the confidence. When, when I start to do that, when I get into that mentality or even working on it, <laughs> then the other person working with me will do that as well because I modeled that for them and, and I set that example for them. Absolutely, can I ask Gabrielle, so what are some of the things that make you feel confident or make you feel strong or give you the strength to do that? 
I would say um, seeing the the fruit of my labor, to be romantic again, um, <clears throat> seeing the the fruit of my labor in that, um, you know, like I'm I'm persistent. I'm all about drills and practice, and we're gonna do it again, and we're gonna do it again, and and I'm all about independence. So okay, I showed you how to do it. Now you do it. Um, so when I see that the the students can figure out something on their own after time and time of practice and labor and working with them and trials and tribulations, and they actually it's that light bulb that goes off in their head, or they start even something simple as changing the self-talk. Like they went from, I suck, I can't figure this out to, you know what, I'm gonna figure it out, I'm gonna figure it out. Just seeing that shift that I, you know, I keep bringing up the word shift, but seeing that shift in them, it's like, whoa, did that just happen? <laughs> so I think um, because I start to see that shift and I see those changes and I see them starting to get it and little things like that, I think that builds my confidence because of showing that what I'm doing is working. And even if, and I know this is all, I'm kind of talking about myself and my own experiences, but even with the other tutors, because there's always that fear in, in the back of my mind, like, what if this doesn't work out? And, you know, what if I'm setting an, ex like, I represent my company. So if, you know, if my tutor does a bad job, then I do a bad job because <laughs> it kind of reflects on me. So there's always that fear in the back of my head. But when things, um, not to say that it'll all work out, but when the parent says like, hey, I like this tutor, this tutor is working with my child well, and now my child is focused and getting stuff done. It's like, wow, whew, something is working. So when I see that, you know, things are working and things are changing and behavior is changing, actions are changing, uh, mood is changing, self-esteem is changing. When I see all those things and compare it to what they were in the beginning, it's like, okay, I'm doing something. Then it shows that I'm reaping my reward and, and the things that I'm doing are working. So when I yeah. see that, you know, oh, the things are actually working, then it's, that's that's where I get my confidence because it's I'm actually seeing the 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 effects of the things that I'm doing. Beautiful. <laughs> okay, so I want to move on. Speaking of confidence, to uh, a few questions that I ask everybody who visits our our confidence recovery. All right. So because it's fun then to be able to kind of you know compare what 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 everybody's choices are and preferences are for the same questions. So cabaret is anything from, I mean, it's really typically uh, something that's in a small venue, um, you know, rather than a big stage. Uh, so comedians all typically start off in a, in a cabaret venue. Uh, singers very often start off in a cabaret venue, but there's, there's certainly at a cabaret would be song, there would be dance, there's very often burlesque or drag, there's very often, uh, you know, hula hoops and uh, 
I can't, what's the word for bendy people? Um, bendy. Contortion. <laughs> I couldn't, the word that, contortion. Um, you know, so there's all kinds of things that make up um, cabaret. And, and the whole, the whole kind of essence is, of course, it's on a small stage with a fairly small audience. So if you were going on stage to perform in cabaret, what kind of act would you prefer to do? Oh God. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, I know my anxiety would go through the roof, <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, Oh God. Um, what kind of act would I do? Can you sing? I, I guess I would sing. Yeah. I don't know if I'm a great singer, but um I can carry a tune. <laughs> you know, I did um you know, I did the Sunday school choir and you know, so um you know, I, I probably would sing. Because it's, it's, it's easiest to me, and that's what I know, uh, what I'm familiar with. And yeah, uh, yeah, I probably would do that. And an act is very much about, you know, kind of telling a story. So, you know, song is a great way to tell and express and share a story and, you know, some sort of a, an emotion. And, you know, music is so rich for, for changing our, our physical state and our mental state anyway. Okay, so here's the question then. What one prop would you want to have with you? In my, in my performance? In your performance. I mean, you oh. can have a microphone. That's a given. Oh, uh, I know. Um. So I'll tell, I'll give you some examples. <laughs> we have had, we've had uh, technical people on the podcast who've said, I want a pen because I feel safe when I'm holding a pen. Mm -hmm. uh, we've had people with a coffee mug because again, they feel safe with the coffee mug. We've had people with big feather fans. We've had people with hats. We've had people with umbrellas. Uh, I like a very long silky glove because I think it's fun because it's shiny and soft. Does a, does oh, a podium count? Can I have a podium to stand you behind? Have a podium. You could. <laughs> <laughs> you, you could. I mean, that's very, that's very choir esque, isn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah, I would do a podium or something like really big where I hide. Um, maybe ah! a large fan. The, the large fans. I like that. I love a fan because yeah, a big fan, yeah. And move and flow, it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I'm not very good. They're actually fairly heavy and they're fairly hard to hold. They they do start to hurt your hand after a while because you've got to hold them in a certain way. But um, I, I I think they're very beautiful. So, and what would your stage name be, Gabrielle? Hmm. My stage name would. Be. Hmm. I think you already know. I'm thinking of the word lady. Lady something. Oh. Lady. Okay. Uh. Lady knowledge. 
I mean, you could, be Lady, you could be Lady Gabrielle. You could be whatever you are. You could be, you know, Lady Gabby. I mean, you could, do you know what I mean? You could play your own name. Uh-huh. I guess I would use my middle name. So I would use Lady, like Lady K, because my middle name is Khadija. So I probably would do Lady K. Ah, I love that. <laughs> That's very fun. That's very fun. It's 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 a lot of fun to kind of have um, a, a stage name or a stage kind of persona. Um, and I say that because you mentioned the words imposter syndrome, and yeah. a lot of us, I mean, most of us, experience that. And having that other kind of, it's it's not separate to us, but that other kind of voice. So we've got that imposter voice that's saying, "Oh, you you know, what are you doing?" and so on, you know, and and, and saying all the all the toxic best friend things. And then there's this other, you know, Lady K who goes, "Hold on a minute," Do you know. And there's like a, there's like a fierceness and a strength in that. And I love to play with that kind of that essence of there is a part of you that stands up on a stage and sings this is nothing i've got this yes a whole new like it's like i i'm i'm a whole other person like i yeah. stepped out of my body and into a whole other body yeah and you know what and lady cake can do anything I love absolutely that. that's fun i want to change my name now so that my, i have a lady in mine i love that <laughs> I wish I was a lady. And me too. And me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what was your stage name? I don't think we should mention it. Okay. Adrian very much likes to be behind the scenes. Mm. Um, he has all these ideas that we say and get us into trouble, but uh, he, he always manages to stay off of camera. So so it's a... It's apart a, from now. A, apart from now. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really... I'm really pleased that you're here, but especially because uh, you know, you I think you have an understanding having been a teacher Absolutely, in yeah. the UK, yeah, yeah. and you know, and and I I absolutely have adored talking to you about you know your business and and your you know what you're doing, which is so important. But I really thank you for sharing with us about you know how you manage your own confidence as well. Because I think that's a really great message for young people to hear as well about that, you know, it's not like when you get to a certain age, you've got it all figured out and then yeah. you don't feel all these fears and you don't have all these doubts, you know, you, you're, you're going through that, you're being honest and, and, you know, helping them and you're growing yourself. And, and I think that message is so important for mental health to, to normalize it and say, you're not alone in that. So I really appreciate you sharing that. Thank you. Can I ask? I've been meaning to ask this throughout the entire interview. Uh, Go is for that it. Your, is, is, is that your living room that looks like a classroom or are you in a classroom? <laughs> oh, um, I'm in a, my, a friend of mine has a daycare center and I'm, I'm, using, her, I'm using her space right now. So oh, okay. <laughs> this isn't my space. No, yeah, is that what your living room looked like as a teacher then? Unfortunately, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, those, and, those, and those borders, you know, you see everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. So so everyone can find you at a stepahead tutoring services.com. 
um, to check out your your work. Um, we have a lot of people in Confidence Through Cabaret who are based in the United States. So um, so do reach out to Gabrielle and um, if you you know if you if you uh, wanted services or you know just just wanted to, to to share an offering. If I was in the United States, I absolutely would share employability you know services for free just to sort of say let's get talking about what employers look for and so on because that's where my experience is and i just think you know you have so much resource to, and so much potential to be able to to offer what what people have to share so i thank you for doing that for for making such a difference to young people thank you i i do my best <laughs> So we uh, we sign off with a a little bit of a, a tagline here, um, just as we go. So if you're seeing this on YouTube, please like and subscribe. Uh, you can go and check the podcast anywhere you get your podcasts on Confidence Through Cabaret. If you're hearing this on your podcast, wonderful. Go check out the YouTube channel. Also, Facebook community is Confidence Through Cabaret. All things Confidence Through Cabaret, except for Twitter, we are at YBYWYS. You have to think about it. I didn't. I just wanted to say it slowly and clearly because I didn't have my banner ready for okay. it. Uh, and we are uh, on Clubhouse. I am at Heather Y-B-Y-W-Y-S. And that stands for it is your body. It is your world and it is your stage. Take up space, own it, enjoy, express yourself, share your message with others. Thank you so much again, Gabrielle. Thank you, Adrian, for being here. Gabrielle, it has been such a pleasure to meet you. Awesome. Likewise. This was awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And uh, we will see you uh, next week for a another podcast with a guest, which we have yet to uh, um announced so we won't tell you that yet but uh do do like and subscribe and uh reach out to gabrielle there's uh the uh details one more time where did it go no i scrolled wait see we're perfectly imperfect and we're all good nothing bad happened yeah there we go <laughs> amazing thank you again gabrielle thank you bye for thank now. you bye, bye. bye.